Welcome into the Solar Insights Podcast. My name is Eric Starr. We've got Eric Woodward here of the Desert News in Utah. How are you doing, Eric? Hey, how you doing, man? Pretty doing good. fantastic. We're um, here to talk some jazz, some sun, some NBA stuff. It's been pretty interesting. Why don't you tell us, uh, it sounds, I believe you got the job there um, in the Desert News uh, very recently. So tell me how you got there, where you're from, and uh, how, how it's been. Man, it's been great, man. I'm originally from, uh, from Flint, Michigan. Uh, born and raised, man. I uh, went to Western Michigan University, um, and I've been here uh, about what, about two months. So uh, it's been pretty cool. Uh, been enjoying the players, been enjoying uh, the city. Um, different experience, man. But it's uh, it's been great, man. So I had to really grind to get to this level. I I worked for the uh, for the Slam Magazine while I was in college, and uh, I went back home and worked for MLive.com slash the Flint Journal for the last six years. And then when the opportunity presented itself to cover the NBA on a daily basis, man. I took advantage of it. You got to take advantage of that. Got to do that for sure. Um, so uh, why don't we talk a little bit about how the Jazz have been doing this year? Obviously, let's maybe you can introduce it with the whole Gordon Hayward stuff and then introduce what the turnover has been in terms of the roster and how they're um, adjusting to that. I mean, you know, when I got here, uh, obviously, you know, Gordon Hayward, that's still a sensitive subject down here, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> they definitely uh he don't have a lot of fans down here now man they, they was really ticked off by the way that he announced uh you know his decision to go to boston through free agency on the players tribune uh through that letter he wrote to utah so you know, a lot of people was ticked off about that um so i came in uh about like five or six games into the season uh donovan mitchell was starting to really uh blossom man and every game he's gotten better and better so the team uh you know it's, they went to a transition phase as far as like trying to play Rodney Hood and make him that star, you know, but it wasn't working as much earlier in the season. So they, uh, they put Donovan Mitchell in the starting lineup, man, and he really just kind of took off, man. But, you know, it's been so many injuries, man. Rudy Gobert went down with knee injury twice. It's the second one. You know, uh, Rodney Hood was hurt for a while. And then once he, you know, got over his injuries, you know, he, he started coming off the bench and you seen the performance he had last night. I think what 29 points versus Spurs. So, you know, he's been really taking off, man, in that, that role off the bench. Yeah, I think I've picked Rodney Hood as one of my most improved player people for the last three years, and it keeps not quite happening. But it's pretty—he's pretty—he's pretty good. Yeah. So yeah, man, it's been pretty cool, man. So Donovan Mitchell, man, he's, he's become the star down here, man. I think I think the people in Utah love him so much because you know Utah gets a hit, you know, as far as like a lot of players not want to play here. So he's embraced the city, man, and uh, he's, he's he's loving to be here. He's a great kid, man. So I mean, he's made a lot of people forget about Gordon Hayward, honestly, man. So nah, we got a chance to catch up with Gordon Hayward in uh, in Boston, man. He seemed like he was in great spirits. He was he's already walking, man, without a boot. So I mean, that's that's amazing, you know, if you've seen that injury that he had. So it's pretty, pretty incredible because I mean, I believe it was opening day, Boston's game, yeah. first five minutes, he breaks his what? What he break his foot? Break his leg? His ankle, man. It was his ankle. It, it looked like some out of a movie, man. It yeah. just twisted. It was nasty, man. Like, it was crazy. It was, it was just like the one that Paul George had in Team USA. Not the same injury, of course, but the same, just yeah, same impact. Yeah. Crazy, man. So why don't you talk about, like, it looks like the, uh, the Jazz are 15-18. They look with them some, the Clippers faltering and Kings, Mavericks, Grizzlies, some people that are faltering. It seems like they'll probably get in the playoffs if they can if they can get back from injury and and uh, push, obviously it's a little early since it's still December. But um, yeah. what do you think about what one? What do you think about the Ricky Rubio integration? It's been tough, man. I mean, it's been tough for Ricky to uh, to uh, 
find his way here. He had a good game last night, I think 11, 11, and 7. I think that's what he had, almost a triple-double. But he's been um, trying to really find his way, man. He's averaging a career high in points, but he's also having a career high, career low in assists. You know, Ricky is not, you know, known to be a scorer. We all know that, you know, his jump shot is questionable. But um, he's still just getting used to, you know, Quinn Snyder's system. And also, you know, it's been so many injuries, as I stated before, that, you know, he has had really had a – I don't think he's had a chance to really – um, build a chemistry with with his teammates yet you know what i mean so he came in with so many high expectations man everybody here is l- looking for the next stock them alone you know which is come on man that's that's not gonna happen you know maybe time soon but you know he came in with high expectations his first first year here in utah and uh, i think he's still just trying to figure it out man uh re- really figure out his role and you know what it, what it is that this team needs from him but right now he's been struggling a little bit but you know uh, he, he Great game last night, man. He's doing really good work in the community as well, man. I think that's even bigger than his basketball impact, the work that he's doing here in the community. Yeah, what has he played? Maybe like less than 10 games with Gobert? Yeah, it's been crazy. So, man. Like, I mean, that's what I mean. Yeah. The lobs there and the uh, pick and roll there is what really needs to be put to move them into a different place. What do you think about, I, mean, I don't know if you saw the Zach Lowe interview with Joe Ingles uh, several months, maybe a couple of months ago. Um, it was really yeah, I listened to it, yeah. Um, what do you think about him as his, as he's come onto the scene? He, I mean, he was an Australian guy and he just kind of comes over. The story was pretty inspiring. What do you think about him and how he's come on and had to really carry offensive load somewhat? Joe is a funny dude, first of all, man. Like his, he has like a dry humor about himself. Like he's kind of assholeish, but it's funny, you know. So Joe is a really good guy, man. I think it's, it's inspirational. It just shows you, you know, to continue to work at your goal. You know, because nobody looked at him. He was way from the Clippers, man. He's now in the Jazz. He's starting. You know, has a great impact, man. He's he's knocking down three pointers. He's he's very reliable. You know, he's he's a reliable knockdown three point shooter in the NBA. Nobody saw that when he was just waved. You know, a few years ago by the uh, Clippers. So I mean, yeah, man. I mean, it's great to watch him, man. Like you say, it's inspirational to see that if you continue to work hard, you know, that results can come can come for you. You know, just from hard work and believing in yourself and. You know, and, and the city loves him like Utah really loves Joe Ingles. I don't think nobody in no other market probably would embrace him because he, he he's not fast. He can't jump. He can't. He's not quick. You know, he just does the right thing. And he kind of embodies, you know, Utah a little bit with that, with the spirit he has. Absolutely. For those of who are listening to this and are Suns fans that don't watch much other basketball, uh, Joe Ingles is very similar in the aspects that Eric just said to uh, Jared Dudley, who is very, they're both very crafty. They both have. Um, maybe we might call it the absolute lowest amount of athleticism to be to play in the NBA. Um, uh, right. apart from maybe those big humongous centers who just stand there, but, uh, they, they know what to do. They know how to play the game. They know how to shoot and they, they get the job done. Uh, Joe Ingles is doing that and he is off his usage rate is, I haven't checked it, but it's, it's, it's definitely skyrocketed in the last couple of years because he was behind. When they had both the Alec, the Burks and Burke, and then yeah. they had Ronnie Hood and they had uh, George Hill, and he was not playing. <laughs> I mean, he was right. he was a fringe player, and now he is—is is he the starting two guard or is it Ronnie Hood and? No, he started every game. He started all thirty-three games. When he averaging a career high ten points, uh, averaging man four rebounds, four assists. So he's pretty solid, man. With a, with a player efficiency rating thirteen point three. So gets the job done. Gets the job done for sure. Um, why don't you talk about Gobert? He's had the injuries. He's uh, in the contention for Defensive Player of the Year every year now. Um, it, it basically, 
you want to go with the big, you're going to go with him. If you want to go with someone else, you go Draymond or Kawhi. Uh, that's pretty much how it's going to go for the next 10 years. Um, what do you think about him and his injuries and how he's coming along? I think this has been really frustrating for him, man. I mean, you got to understand, you know, he, he, he misses three weeks, you know, with a knee injury after the, after the situation with uh, Deion Waiters, man, you know, where he kind of, you know, collided into his knee and they played Miami earlier this year. So he missed three weeks. He fought back to, they initially said four to six weeks. He fought back, you know, healed quick, you know, got back in three weeks. Got back into the system, kind of learning everything. Then we go to Boston and, you know, his own teammate runs into his knee, Derek Favors, you know, so now they're anticipating him missing, you know, up to four weeks again this time. So, I mean, he hasn't really had a chance to, we haven't seen the, you know, he's still impacting shots. He's still doing this, but we're not seeing the same go bear from last year because obviously so much changes. Gordon Hayward's gone, you know, but, you know, on the other hand, he's just, he can't really get in the rhythm, man, with these injuries, man. He's so tall and big and lanky, you know what I mean? So, you know, his legs just have been, seem like just being targeted, man. He's kind of just been in the wrong place at the wrong time. So, you know, I think, you know, once he gets, you know, get back in this groove, we'll see that same go bear, man. But it's just going to, you know, take him getting injured. I think he's in, him getting healthy. I mean, I think he's in good spirits. You know, I, I haven't seen anything as far as him dropping his head or anything. He's been on all the road trips and at every game still, you know, on the bench wearing those funny suits. You know, I don't know if you've been checking them out, man. We was we was laughing. He had leopard, he had left leopard shirt on one game, man. So I don't know who's styling him. That was but, a crazy uh, shirt right there. I saw that one. <laughs> yeah, man. So yeah, he, he's a good spirit. Yeah, do you think that his um injuries, the lack of playing, will preclude him from getting defensive player of the year or any kind of um accolades this year? I don't know, man. That's that's gonna be tough. It's still early in the season, but you know, right now, I don't think we're seeing the same Gobert that we seen last year. I mean, that's just common sense, you know, but I don't know. I'm not sure, man. I think it, it might, though. It might have an impact that he's not playing. You know, you look at a guy like Kawhi Leonard, you know, he missed a lot of games last year as well. You know, and that, you know, affected his, you know, vote. You got to be on the floor. You know, they're not going to just hand you something from reputation. So yeah, that probably will affect it, but I mean, he's still, He's still as effective in blocking shots when he's out there on the floor. You know, a lot of guys think of, they second guess them, you know, they'll, they'll go, uh, attacking the lane, how they attack it when Gobert's in there. You know, so we saw that the other night when they played Oklahoma City. You know, uh, Paul George had a nasty dunk, man, that, that was all over Sports Center. And you saw Russell Westbrook attacking the basket. You know, you have to second guess those when Gobert's down there. Yeah, you know, he and, uh, definitely changes a lot of shots, at least more than yeah. Favors does. Favors, yeah. is pretty, favors is an interesting. I want to. I want to talk to you about favors, but first, Gobert. I mean, Gobert having him in there as a top. I mean, he's top three maybe shot blocker in the NBA in terms of yeah. keeping it in bounds and making deterring the people around the rim. It right. it does affect the. I mean, people will take worse shots. I mean, people have done studies. You take worse shots, more long range twos. Um, things are not in flow as much when you can't afford to go in the rim to drive the rim. Because you're right. afraid to get blocked and afraid to lose the ball, it just yeah. happens. Yeah, you just dictate. You, you, that's I mean, you, if you play pickup ball, that's just you see a guy that's a shot blocker. You're gonna think, oh man, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna shoot that one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna dribble this one out because he's down or he has a shot that he has a chance to block that. So yeah, I mean, you definitely see it in the game. Guys are a lot more. I talked to Ben Simmons uh, after when they played the Sixers about how it was to play without Gobert, and it definitely, you know, as a rookie, he was saying like he had played. You know, Utah twice this season, he definitely noticed the difference with Gobert and without mm. him. So that was crazy. What do you think about Derek Favors? He, um, when they traded Paul Millsap to you to Atlanta, um, a few years ago, several years ago, 
Um, he seemed like the, because this was, I believe that was before Gobert had, had emerged. Derek Favors seemed like the, with, um, Gordon Hayward as the, the centerpieces of the team. And now, what happened? It doesn't seem like, it seems like he's almost an expendable piece, maybe someone that may moved on the deadline, potentially. What do you think about him is, and how he's come along? Well, we saw him, when, when Gobert went out the first time, we saw him playing some of the best basketball of his career, man. I mean, he was, having double-doubles left and right, you know, but I don't really think he's figured out how to play with Gobert this season since they've been in there. And with Ricky Rubio as a new point guard and Donovan Mitchell as a new, you know, playing a lot of point guards. So I think it's just this team hasn't really had a chance to gel fully yet. We've seen glimpses where they're, play, they're playing really well, you know, but I think just all the changes within this team that happened in the offseason and all the injuries as well, you have to consider that, you know, so I think, you know, he was, like I said, he was, he was really inspired when Gobert went down to prove that he still could play and, you know, have some great games. But I think he just hasn't had a, he just hasn't figured out how to play with uh, Gobert on the floor, you know, with them two on the floor together. And also the new guards and, you know, just, it's just a new team. It's a new team for last year. Do you think that, um, favors is better in a pick and pop, pick and roll situation or a post up situation? Same for Gobert, I guess. Mm-hmm. It kind of it kind of depends on who, who's on the floor. I mean, I, I think he's better when he's more involved. Honestly, you know, it's it's tough. Like, you know, when he was at that center spot, man, we seen him. You know, like you you seen him in a lot of the pick and roll. You know, a lot more. You know, but he he can he can get lost at time when he's not involved. You know, he's not a guy that's gonna find his way. Like he just like 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 say a Draymond. You don't have to draw him up a play for him to find a way to score or be involved. With favors, you know, I, I've noticed that you know he has to. He has to be, you know, be an option. He's not going to just go make a play for himself. That's just not going to happen. You have to feed favors, someone like that. I mean, yeah. He's the, the, which means, it doesn't mean he's a bad player. It just means he's somewhat average because yeah. the, the elite players, the ones that are playmakers that can make something happen for themselves, and that's why Donovan Mitchell is so invaluable. <laughs> he can make plays for right. himself or others. Ricky Rubio right. can make more plays for others, but less for himself, which makes it harder to be a playmaker if you can't shoot like he like Ricky Ricky can shoot but not as well as Mitchell and not as well as Hood. Nah, yeah, Ricky not he's not known for, he's not known for shooting. So <laughs> I'll never forget about Ricky Rubio though when he was in Minnesota and people were down and they were having a bad game or something and they and he said change your face it was a oh my gosh yeah yeah he's a nice guy he's a real nice guy. Um, so that um, I want to get into Donovan Mitchell a little bit here. Um, what, I mean, we've talked about how good he is in his emergence. Um, what's he like as a person? Man, he's great, man. I think he's all the, you know, of all the stops I've made, I've, I haven't really met too many people like him, man. He's very engaging with the media. Um, he's a, he's accepted, you know, Utah. He loves being here, you know, and, um, just last night, man, you know, we was, we was just talking to him, you know, he was in a locker room just, Putting on his pair of Yeezys last night and getting dressed, and he just in good spirits, man. I mean, you see him on the bench shaking his teammates' hands, you know, and just still learning. He he got a little ritual that he always doing at the games where he, he pouring water on people, you know, he squirting water his water bottles, so that's his thing, you know. And uh, he just bringing energy to the floor, man, and to the game, you know that. Uh, it makes him fun to watch, man. It makes him fun to be around, you know, getting to know his background story. You always, you always see his mom and his sister and. You know, his dad works for the Mets and he's been around pro, pro players his whole life. I think that's, that's benefited him a lot from seeing a lot of, you know, like I said, his dad works for the Mets. So seeing a lot of baseball players and their routines, you know, 
and seeing how to conduct yourself as a professional, I think that's helped him a lot. And uh, it's, he's shining, man. He's really shining right now. Yeah, I believe he's 21, right? When's his birthday? Is like early in the year or later? Yeah, something like that, man. Yeah. Uh, he's about the same age as Devin Booker, which is why we've heard about some of the comparisons in Suns Nation um, between them. Uh, how is uh, Mitchell's defense? I feel like it's good, but not amazing. He's still learning, man. He's still learning. He's, he 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 getting a lot. He getting off athleticism a lot now, you know. But I'm not gonna just call him a lockdown defender. But he's also not a liability on defense either. He's he's like a sponge. He wants to learn. That's the thing, you know. Like uh, Coach Snyder is real attentive to the details, and you know he's always talking about defense and execution. And you know, a lot of teams also talk about how you know how how the Jazz are really, really detail-oriented in their plays and executing things. And, you know, I think Mitchell is a sponge. He wants to learn. He wants to become a better defender. You know, he has a lot to work on. He's only a rookie, you know what I mean? And he's just committed to trying to get better every day. Absolutely. Uh, as for those listening, when I told Eric about the Donovan Mitchell versus Devin Booker thing, he hadn't heard of it. So I want to hear what you had first thought when I brought that up, and then we'll talk a little <laughs> bit about Booker. I mean, that's not fair, man. I mean, this Donovan's first season. I mean, how's that even? I don't even understand how that's even the comparison, honestly. Like, it's his first season. He's still learning. Booker, man, what he at? 70 points, man. I mean, come on, man. He can't really, it's too, it's too early to do that. And that's one of the things I hate about the social media era. Like, anything can just become a big deal. Like, I don't even really see similarities in their, their game. Booker's not as, like, Donovan is actually athletic. Yeah. Like, he probably will be in a dunk contest this year. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. I don't know. They, they just have two different. They have two different guys. They're they're both shooters. You know, they can shoot well. You know, Booker's aggression. I don't know. I just don't really see similarities in their game. I see more similarities in like uh, Dwayne Wade or uh, poor man's uh, Donovan. I mean, uh, Damian Lillard than a Booker. I don't really see that comparison yeah. with. Yeah, I can I can I see know. Lillard for sure and uh, Mitchell. Yeah. Um, although yeah. would I think Mitchell's probably a better defender. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, but uh, and maybe more athletic too. But yeah. Lillard is like clutch and score and amazing. So yeah, but yeah, you can't you can't compare him and Booker right now. You can't you can't do that. You can't compare those two right now. Man. That's not fair. Booker and Mitchell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, and shout out to Booker too. I'm he's a Michigan guy as well. He's from, from Grand Rapids. Yeah. So I'm from Flint, you know. So that's cool. I always love my Michigan guys. Him and Josh Jackson down there. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to Josh Jackson. That's gonna be interesting. Um. For sure, but I mean, Booker, what, I mean, what do you think about the 70 point game and how that happened? I always ask everybody on. I don't know. It's, okay. Like I have a, a different perspective. Okay. Booker is really, really good. It's just tough to gauge because he's on such a bad team now. So, I mean, I know people, you know, they like to compare him and say he's the next big superstar and all this. And it, I was, it was shocking to see, you know, that he scored that many points, but did, did they, they lost that game. Didn't they? Yeah. I mean, the Celtics were really good. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that kind of stuck out to me that they lost the game. So, I mean, it's amazing though that he that he was able to drop that many points. That is, and I think he's he's a special talent in the league. But will I put him in the elite categories of like the true superstars of the league? No, I can't. I can't do that right no, now. No, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, that's yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone who's actually an NBA writer or NBA commentator would would do that for sure. But he is only yeah. he just turned twenty one a month ago. Um, yeah. So it's pretty impressive that, and also like he just had a 46 point game. It's almost yeah. like a bad game for him if he doesn't score 30, which is kind of incredible. Um, yeah. And he's been injured for a couple of weeks, and we'll, we'll get him back here. But so what's your what, what, what's your thoughts on his defense, though? I mean, what um, do you think? It is so much improved this year. I mean, he the effort. Um, I want to see it again once he comes back from injury, and he, if he's continuing to dedicate himself to it. Um, he went from pretty abysmal to. I would say somewhat right below average. 
But, right. I mean, Hewlin needs to be that since his offense is so prolific. Um, he can get his shot off anywhere. I mean, that 46-point game was incredible. Yeah, see, that's some of the things, you know, like, you know, when I look at guys, I look at their attention in there. I know he has a competitive competitiveness in him, but you know, for me growing up and watching the Kobe's and the Jordans and you know, the true greats, the LeBrons, you know, the Ways, they they really they really, really want to be great on defense as well. You look at Chris Paul, man, I mean he wants to be great on defense. You know, you can't it's it's great when guys can score, you know, that's 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 great. We've had some elite scorers in this league, but you know, I just want to see more attention. I haven't watched Phoenix as much, you know, obviously they're not on TV. I do have league pass, but I haven't watched him as much as, as I want to. But uh, I would like to see him, you know, take that step on defense and be just as competitive, man. Guard the best player. You know, prove that you want to be in that league category. You know, and I think he's on the right path. You know, it's his third season, so, you know, he's, he's fun to watch. He's definitely fun to watch. I've seen him on the cover of the Slam, too. That was pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be that level. I mean, I don't know if his hips or his, his ability to play defense is going to be good enough to be like, like elite like that. But he'll be a Lillard type. He'll be where he's not like such a liability that you can't play him. But it'll be interesting to see for sure because he's offense based out for it. But I mean, having, and that's a good transition, having Josh Jackson around, um, to play along yeah. with him really helps him because Josh Jackson is right. really good at defense or will be. Right. I see, right. so I want to hear from you, from Josh Jackson. You said beforehand that you covered him in high school, and then we'll talk yeah. about him now and going forward. Yeah, so the first time I seen him, man, he wasn't Josh. He was Joshua Jackson. That was Woo. crazy. <laughs> so he was at Detroit Consortium, man. He was, uh, I was hearing about this kid, and, uh, I was, uh, I was in, working in Flint, as I stated before, and, uh, they played, they played a, a team that's really great in Flint called Flint Beecher High School, and that's where Monte Morris, uh, from Iowa State, and now he's with the Denver Nuggets. He he went to high school. I covered him, and uh, and and then in their march to the state championship, this was Monte's senior year where he won Mister Basketball. Um, they played, you know, Detroit Consortium, and uh, this kid Joshua Jackson, and uh, he reminded me a lot of Manny Harris from Michigan University of Michigan. Man, he was a lanky kid. They they have a lot of similarities in their game, man. If you ever get a chance, check out Manny Harris. He played at Michigan, and uh, they're both from Detroit. You know, kind of played like and. What stuck out to Josh is that, you know, he, he was only a freshman at the time, but he took on the challenge of checking Monte Morris, who was the Mr. Basketball. And Monte lit him up for about 30, but, you know, Josh probably had about 14 or 15. He was only a freshman. And the next year he came back, man, and he was putting up video game numbers before he took off to go to prep school. So, you know, I covered him there. And uh even when he went to prep school, he came back home and played against another one of my Flint guys, Miles Bridges. And they I, I watched him play in the showcase, uh, and I covered that game. And, you know, uh, it's just been it's been great to watch his career, man, and seeing him on the NBA in the NBA represent Michigan. And you know, uh, I know he still has a lot of work to do, but you know, it's a uh, it's interesting, man, seeing him down there in Phoenix. Yeah, so I'll um, give you a little my perspective on what how he is in Phoenix. Um, the, I'm I'm a impact certified kind of trainer, so I'm like looking at his shot, and I'm like that thing could be fixed in two years, and he'll be he'll be draining it pretty decently from from deep and from mid range. Um, I love how he drives. He has that physicality about his floater game. He can get it off the glass pretty easily from 10 feet. Um, he's, he's, he's pretty fluid in, um, in transition. I see flashes of pushing the ball in transition and getting it out there. Um, the defense is good. He's, he's physical. I like, I, when people were saying from, from college and stuff that he was like a really kind of a volatile guy, I definitely don't see that. He is, I mean, He'll, he stood up for, who was it, Ulyss, I think, that was fighting with somebody one time. Yeah. But other than that, he's pretty 
pretty low key, more than I thought yeah. it was going to be at least. Um, so he's he's an interesting player. I I cannot wait for two years from now and see how he is because once he puts on that strength, that weight, as people say, um, to be because like when you see the Suns play, like I'm older than all but three of their players, like and that's <laughs> ridiculous. Um, yeah. I think Monroe, Dudley, and Chandler are the only ones that are older than me. Um, like they're playing, like I saw them play the Port Trailblazers that first couple games of the season. They got destroyed because it was like men playing against boys. Like they just aren't right. strong enough yet, and they're just getting pushed around a little bit. So once Josh Jackson gets that strength on him, he's going to be pretty, pretty good. I think he'll be a top five defender eventually in the NBA. It seems mm-hmm. like it. I mean, it sort of seems like it. Obviously, that potential is not actualized. Right. But he's got some. He's got something there. I think he's going to be. He's not going to be, his, his offense is going to be better, good enough that he's not Andre Roberson. Mm-hmm. Um, but his defense is going to be pretty good. And pairing that with Booker is a pretty good pairing. What do you think? Right. Yeah, I think so too, man. Definitely. I mean, hey, you know, Josh is, Josh is an interesting talent. Now he was obviously one of the best freshmen in the country last year, man. And, you know, I think, you know, Phoenix, I'm, I'm not a rumble from what I see. You know, it's just a, they're so young, man. It just seemed like it's a lot of, you know, chaos there that just needs to be, you know, a lot of maturity. They need some older guys to kind of mentor these, mentor these young guys. It's just a young situation from what I see. I'm not there every day, but. Yeah, Chandler and Dudley are getting there. It's it's coming along for sure. Booker yeah. is becoming a leader, which is incredible since he's so young. Yeah. Um, I mean, right. leading the team, not just in scoring, not just. And the thing is, I don't know if Booker's scoring doesn't seem like it comes out of the flow of the offense, and neither does uh, Warren's. And that's all the scoring. Like, if they, if either of them are injured or both of them are injured, they just can't score because who else is going to score? But apparently it's Troy Daniels. But anyway, um, so that's pretty interesting for sure. Uh, do you yeah. think, have you heard anything about any of the other Suns players that maybe you have re- from earlier? No, no, really. I just kind of been watching Josh a lot and watching Brooklyn a lot, you know, and I was paying attention to, I was paying attention to that Eric Bledsoe situation, you know, a little bit. And uh, they played, they play here, um, Right after he got traded. So, you know, I got a chance to just talk to him, like just walking out of the arena. He was just saying, like, he's still getting used to playing in Milwaukee and, you know, things like that. So, I mean, yeah, other than that, I've just been following, you know, uh, following Josh, following Devin, you know, checking out Bledsoe. You know, uh, yeah, pretty much that. That's it, man. Yeah, that Bledsoe situation was certainly interesting. That's for sure. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, you had mentioned Miles Bridges. I just did a podcast with um, Matt Norlander from CBS about about okay. the college basketball. Um, that's yeah, my, it's actually my cousin. Um, uh, do you, what do you think about Miles Bridges coming out of the out of college and how he's going to be in the NBA? Man, Miles is going to be good. I've been uh, I was one of, probably the first person to ever write a story about Miles Bridges, man. So I've been knowing him since he was a, what eighth grader going to ninth grade and. Uh, his development has just been phenomenal, man. He's a great kid, man. I mean, all the stories you read about him is are accurate, you know, as far as how he's involved in God, his mother, his sister, his family. You know, man, he, he's a great kid, man. He, and you see Michigan State is really thriving this year, man. He made the right decision. You know, a lot of people was looking at him like he's crazy. Why would you go pro? But, you know, why would you do that? You know, man, why wouldn't you go pro? You know, when you, <laughs> you know, after, after the, after the year he had last year, he, he easily could have been a lottery pick. So, you know, for him to come back, I think people don't understand in Michigan that we really value our athletes, especially, you know, in our area of Flint, man. Like, you know, Michigan State won the, the title in 2000, and, you know, Miles was a little kid watching that. And, you know, I think he really wanted to leave an impact. You know, you look at, like, like say, like Josh. Josh Jackson was supposed to go to Michigan State. You know, uh, he was uh, – they were, they, were, they were a finalist for him. He, you know, he went away 
went away to school, man, went away to Kansas, and you know he was a one and done there. But what what impact has he made? I think Miles by making that he 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 catapulted himself into an instant instant legend, you know, in in East Lansing in Michigan by coming back. And Michigan State is playing so well, man, they have a legit shot to win the title. And I think that shows you a lot about a kid, man. He's not just chasing the money, man. He actually, you know, values, you know, his uh, his legacy, you know, and he's showing it, man. And uh, he's having a great season. I feel like whoever get him is going, you know, he's going to he's going to make an immediate impact in the NBA. He's already ready. He's already a pro, man. The kid is that kid is great. What kind of a comp would you give for him? In the NBA? Excuse me. What kind of comp? Like, what? who is who is like him in the NBA? I was just talking to some friends about that, man. It's kind of it's kind of tough because he's so athletic, and he can shoot a little bit too, man. So I don't know, man. I'm, I mean, his athleticism is crazy. Have you seen like some of his dunks and stuff? I man? have not. I, I'm trying to get. I'll get into my college stuff and my draft picks around March, but I was doing a little preliminary stuff with Matt yesterday. Oh, so I remember. I think it was when um, Draymond Green was on the Michigan State team. I covered yeah. the Elite Eight when they were here in Phoenix. Um, okay. And I was right by him. I couldn't believe that that kid is what he is now. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, man, he's he's great, man. He's been like that even when he was a chunky kid in Saginaw, man. I mean, you know, he uh he's always been fun to watch, man, and he's always had that determination and that dog mentality to be great, man. So I also, man, I had a chance to you know catch up with Draymond right after he was drafted, and you know, I watched his career, and you know, I I just remember he was talking to a group of kids, man, and he was telling uh telling them, like, there's no way that I can be satisfied by being a second-round pick. My mom is still working. You know, like, that stood to me, like, it kind of gave you chill bumps. You know, my mom is still working. Until my mom, until my mom is not working no more, I can't be satisfied in this league. You know, and uh told all the kids that, you know, none of them are, none of them are as good as they think they are. They have to keep working. You know, he was an All-American at Michigan State and went second round. And look at the impact, man. He's making, he's the hardest soul. You know, a little chunky kid out of Saginaw, Michigan, man. And, you know, one of the best players in the league, man. One of the most ferocious players in the league. So that's crazy. It's crazy because I watch when I when I think about him, I'm like, he's not elite. And then I watch the games, I'm like, he's the defensive everything about them. <laughs> yeah. Everything like the switching, the versatility. Take him off that team, go to state, not winning the title. I'm sorry. Really? Interesting. I don't think so. I think he's the hardest soul of the team, man. He 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 holds players accountable. Yeah, you know I mean, if you like, take him off, maybe if you add him with a somewhat replacement defensive player, maybe. But I mean, he got two MVPs and another All Star. I don't. It's hard to say they don't win, but it definitely would be a lot harder because Draymond is something else. Man, it's, it's he he means that much to that team. I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like he means that much. Sure. Well, this was a fantastic podcast, Eric. Thank you so much for your time. Why don't you plug whatever you got going on, and then we'll get out of here. Yeah, man. So uh, I'm a. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, e underscore Woodyard, W-O-O-D-Y-A-R-D. I also authored a book. It's on uh, Amazon. It's called Wasted. You can check that out. Um, just just down here, man, you can follow my work at the Desert News. Uh, we have uh, the newspaper, obviously, and online. You guys are based out of Phoenix, so DesertNews.com. Check out me on Twitter at Eric underscore Sar, S-A-R. Uh, check out this podcast, the Solar Insights podcast. Just search that on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Um, and also I have, um, Impact Certified who trained Kawhi Leonard, made him and DeMarcus Cousins All-Stars. I'm certified, the only person in Arizona certified by them. So I have EliteHoopsDevelopment.com. So if anybody's in Arizona trying to, uh, get better at basketball, let me know. Uh, thanks again, Eric, for your time and have a great day. Thanks, man. I appreciate it.